What'll it be, stranger? Hi, I'm Roland Emmerich. We call the global killer killer. The end of mankind. mankind. Saloon Shots, round nine. So the world was treated recently to a new uh, film trailer, movie coming out at Thanksgiving time. Roland Emmerich is back again for us, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, with another disaster movie. Hi, I'm Roland Emmerich. Imagine, if you will, it's just like somebody said, God, you know, can you just make a sequel to The Day After Tomorrow? And it's like, well, no, I can't really make a sequel to it, but I guess we could blow the whole fucking world up again. Let's just destroy it again, but really destroy it this time. Like mean, like fierce, like powerful. I want earth shifting. I want tidal waves covering the Himalayas. I want I want to see things that no man has ever seen. I want you to make Irwin Allen your bitch forever. I don't want the word Irwin Allen to ever be said again in the same sentence with disaster. Only Roland Emmerich, Roland Emmerich, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. That kind of makes the destruction of the Eiffel Tower seem kind of small by comparison. Oh, give me a break. That's laughable, CGI Joe. <laughs> it's all going to be about... I mean, come on. The second this trailer rolled out, the the CGI Joe trailer with the with the puny Eiffel Tower coming down became nothing. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen such disaster wrought in, in, in two minutes in your entire life? Uh, I mean, have you ever in your life seen a trailer like the trailer for 2012? I mean, the last one that was like it was really like the day after tomorrow in that sense, where it just... Because they cut in all the special effects into that trailer, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I remember when I finally... Oh, God, I finally got through that movie. And I I recalled it's like all the shots were in the trailer. I mean, that's almost like exactly how long some of them were that were in the trailer. But... uh, Yeah, I mean, really, how are you going to top, like, you know, cold air chasing people? I mean, really... (laughs) Exactly. But what I'm saying is, is if you've seen this trailer, and you should, before you even listen to the rest of the show, go to the Hollywood Saloon page, and we will have it somewhere for you, um, this new uh, trailer. It is monumental. There has never in the history of trailers been a trailer as mammoth, as so uh, mind-boggling, eye-candy CGI porn as what you see when you see the trailer for 2012. There, It is the most cliche thing you have ever seen in the world because you want to talk about the complaint of showing all the money shots? My God, if that's not all the money shots, what could it possibly be? I mean, it's it's the most positively overindulgent, ridiculous trailer that has ever been created. I mean, just one of those money shots in any other film would have been enough. And that would have been the big money shot. It was like, oh, that's our big money shot. We're spending all of our effects money on there. Well, the effects money for this movie is the money for the movie. It's the whole fucking production budget. I mean, really... Honestly, I mean, this brings up a big topic and a big idea for us. And it could have gone on and been a huge show. 
But we had to encapsulate it and talk about it with this trailer because this trailer is just it's fucking mind-boggling. There's no one who could watch this trailer and say, no, I don't want to see that. I want to see it after seeing that trailer. Those effects are so absolutely ridiculous. You know, I want to see it for the effects. But you know what I'm saying? Let's forget plot. Let's forget story. Let's forget script. Let's just make an 80 to 90 minute CGI effects reel of the of the of the end of the world. I mean, seriously, remember the idea that I told you the other day? I said, just put up a card at the beginning of the film that says, Earth, rest in peace, uh, year zero to 2012, or something like that, or gazillion BC to, to you know, whatever the dates are. Uh, and and no, you don't need to follow a story. Just show the events. Just go all over the world. Well, what's wrong with silent movies? Silent movies work just fine. Or just like music videos, you don't need dialogue and characters for what you want to accomplish with this movie. I think it would almost work better like a Koyana Scotsi or Pawakatsi film. It would just be beginning to end destruction. Could you imagine Philip Glass doing that? That would be Roland Emmerich's greatest fantasy. And, you know, hire someone like Philip Glass. And he would get credit as a great artist if he just cut out all the dialogue. He would. And just strung together. He would be hailed as a remarkable genius. But at the moment, like in a Michael Bay movie, people start talking and things start happening. All credibility is shot. It gets thrown out the window. These guys should be making silent movies. What do you think Michael Bay thinks of that trailer? (laughs) He's like, oh, shit. Now I got to top that. Do you think he's jealous? Do you think he's like going, damn. Absolutely. He's like, he's like, I just got bitch slapped with a trailer. You know, what's Michael Bay going to do now? Blow up the universe? (laughs) Every planet? The galaxy is going to blow up the sun. You know, (laughs) Danny Boyle tried to do that, didn't he? Uh, Uh, No, listen, you're absolutely right. It would be it would be hailed as a, as, as a that's the turning point that would make these people not the brunt of our jokes, but to have balls and to just say, you know what, if you're gonna do it, do it. Just do it. Quit playing around with it and just throw in CGI and CGI take three years and make the magna fucking carta, the opus of the destruction of the earth, and do it for real. If you're going to do it, do it. Quit giving us these little fucking happy little characters and and singing around and do it. Because you know what? If you go back to the history of pornography, okay, do you remember when it was like in the 70s and there was no VHS and I was just a kid, but I remember seeing the porn theaters. Do you remember the porn theaters that you'd see? They'd be hidden behind a building or something and there'd be a marquee Mm -hmm. and they'd have the title up and you would go in and you can get a popcorn and sit and watch a damn porn movie. And there was a story. There was a plot. And it's like you had to sit there. I never, I don't know. I wasn't old enough. And, you know, by the time that we were old enough to watch porn, it came on VHS and you could just rent it. So those things shut down. So, but really, that's what that was. And when f- people finally said, what are we doing? Why are we even bothering with this godforsaken story? Because they're horrible. And the actors are horrible. What we really want to see is the fr- fr- fr. Let's get to the action. Okay? So, and porn thrived because of that. Because they finally just said, people only want the pornography. They don't want a story. They don't want to mimic a real story here. So... Come on, let's get on with it because no one is going to see that film for John Cusack's acting. 
Okay? They're not seeing it for anything. <laughs> Do you remember, I mean, when New York was getting destroyed in uh, Independence Day, and we had to suffer through Harvey Firestein going, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My therapist, my analyst. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. You know, the, the world as we know it is changing, and we're, we're listening to Harvey Firestein's ridiculous character. I mean, it's like we got to focus on these little ridiculous it's like, Let's just... Forget all this. Now, hey, maybe I'm completely wrong about this movie, and let me dial it back a little bit here, ladies and gentlemen. But maybe this is the story, right? The magical story of the family that finds its way onto the Noah's Ark ships that look like Battlestar Galactica in the water. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a real plot here. Bullshit. You're seeing this movie for CGI. This is pornography. This is CGI Pornography. Let's quit. Let's get on with it. What's your complaint with what's what's people's complaint with tra- Transformers Two right now? Is it is it with the robots? Is there any is there any complaints with the robots? I ask I don't anybody. Think so. Is there complaints with the fighting? Is there any complaints with the incredible work that Industrial Light and Magic has done on the frickin' robots on anything? Did you have complaints with the robots in Transformers the first movie? I didn't. Not with the robots themselves. No, not at all. That's I what I'm that saying. that was uh, an artistic They triumph. even got the badass guy who did the, vo- the voice. Peter Cullen. Yeah, for, for, for the main robot. So they did it full out badass. No one has any complaints. I hail and worship lovely, incredible, fantastic special effects. And what you're seeing in this 2012 trailer is mind-boggling. There's one shot in there that is the kind of shot I've been waiting my entire life to see in a film. I'm figuring out how it's all going to play out because in every big shot that they show, you see a little jet plane flying through every shot. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm figuring that they're going to have this giant flight over Los Angeles and they're going to witness all the destruction. Okay. Right. So it's kind of, yeah. it's, it's going to kind of be like porn. Like, okay, here's the time when we get to have all of our money shots and we're going to witness the destruction of Los Angeles. I, I'm guessing that's Los Angeles. And then you cut to all the characters looking out the window going, Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. So, but there's that one shot where it's like the coastline. Okay. And you see giant, just swaths of earth and it's like miles long and the scope like is a big just, slice of pizza, pizza. You're just taken out. Uh, it is. <laughs> and it's just, it's mind boggling. It's like it's got such incredible scope. I'll tell you one thing. Roland Emmerich does understand scope. And I yes, like that does. about this trailer. And that's the one thing I like. Everything is right there. But the thing that gets in the way is we have to play pretend that we're having a movie around this thing. And so this trailer falls into the same trap. It's got all the same bullshit with the with the the TV footage and how many more movies and trailers do we have to see with here's the television report and we're going to grab footage I from know. some riot that happened in the 80s and pre- pretend like that's going on right now it's like just stop with those television reports we've seen it in every movie and Roland Emmerich likes to push it push it push it i mean it the trailer looks identical almost to um uh, you loved it when you saw it in alien nation <laughs> well, I did because it looked it looked very cool. It was a, it was one single shot, though. but you hadn't seen it a hundred times either. Yeah, you know? it's true. It's true. It's true. Again, how many times do we have to say this? I am blown away by the 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 skill, the talent, and, and, and the marvel 
of the visual effects industry and what they're able to do today. It is something that I never thought we'd be able to see in our lifetime. I liked miniatures, you know. I spent so many hours um, uh, in my youth, in, in college, uh, reading Cinefix magazine and understanding because I love the process of how things work. And I really almost wish that I would have gone into some field like that. And I have such incredible respect for these folks. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak to uh, some of them who listen to our show, and it's been an absolute uh, thrill for me to talk to those guys about it, to hear about some of the stories about some of these films and how they were made. But here we are at this precipice, this this time, this 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 fulcrum point in Hollywood where you can go to a movie and see amazing things. You things can see you, anything that someone can think of. You can dream it up. You can see it. I mean, my you God. You can dream it. You can do it. There's nothing. Exactly. I don't think there's any limitations the, anymore. The magic is here. And it's going to get even more amazing when Avatar comes out at the end of the year. So we've got amazing things before us, ladies and gentlemen. But the problem is, is that everybody has traded and thrown away their scripts. They've said, well, we've got all this eye candy and all this magic. We don't have to do anything. But the problem is, is that you walk out of these films feeling very strange, saying, I just witnessed... Some amazing things. But at the same time, I, I feel hollow inside because there was some dumb shit in there. It's the Transformers effect, you know? Uh, it's like, I don't remember the great effects. I walk out saying, why did they do the scene with the donuts? She did it. She did it. <laughs> she did it. You know? Uh. And, and they go into his house and his brother's, his brother's playing the Dance Dance Revolution. You know, drink your prune juice, Grandma. I mean, it's just like... That your mind explodes, you know. It's just you snip those scenes. You wouldn't not only miss them, but you would help the film. It would improve that movie. I mean, everyone's you know complaining about the new film being like two hours and what twenty five minutes or something. Right. I mean, a Transformers two should be about ninety five minutes. All extraneous characters you just cut out of it. I mean, really, it should just be, again, a boy and his robots. And you should just keep his story as simple as possible and just let the robots beat the shit out of each other for 90 minutes. Man, you wouldn't hear a peep out of anybody complaining about that. You can make that movie and we won't complain about it. You you can make that movie and... And critics won't complain complain about it. Well, we'll complain about the film grammar, but, you know, we have to have something to bitch about, right? <laughs> well, but the main point is that there's nothing wrong, and I think we've stated this before, with a badass, balls-to-the-walls action summer movie. But not one that's so fucking moronic you want to kill yourself afterwards. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. It's like you trade in. It's like a trade. You know, and it's just indulgence is what you're seeing. It's just it's just Hollywood indulgence when you see Michael Bay make a 225 minute movie when he doesn't need to. He doesn't need. It's not going to bring anybody in. He's got some weird story he wants to tell that obviously is incomprehensible to most people. Now we haven't seen Transformers two yet, Revenge of the Fallen, um, but you know, I would be shocked after what I've heard if if I was completely wrong on these things. But the point is, is that what we're getting is the same thing over and over. It's like they, they, they keep thinking they have to make a plot. You know what? We will always have movies with plots. We want them to have movies with great stories and great acting and, and everything we love. So I think they should all start out that way. I mean, they're all ambitious, but I think Absolutely. they should look at their movies and go, you know what? We blew it. 
It didn't work. Let's cut it out of the movie and just release it this way because it's always a fallback option. And Transformers would have had all those extra show times at 95 minutes. It would have been a, even a bigger mega hit than it would be at two hours and 25 minutes. And the stench would be off of it because, you know, all that physical comedy is always going to be subjective. And it's always a risk. I mean, and comedy is going to play to different demographics. You can't play to everybody and still try and be racy and edgy. You're going to, you know, turn off the, the, the kid audience. The point is like what you just said was if you do have to have some semblance of a script, just pare it down. Just slim that shit out to where it's next to nothing. It's paper thin. This is the story of a boy and his robots, and he's got to defend them against the other robots. Not all this other crap and going over here and doing this, and here comes the military team, and here comes here comes the 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 deep deep undercover special unit team that's been studying them since the you know since the twenties and it's just like it doesn't have to go that far you know just keep it fucking simple and that's you know really you you got to know thy know thy franchise i think yes. i wouldn't be saying these kind of things for an indiana jones movie Mm-mm. in that kind of sense or a james bond movie or something else but this is transformers and I don't know, trying to turn it into something that it really doesn't need to be. Well, I mean, the films were successful, so, you know, regardless. But uh, I still like this idea that, you know, we're on this CGI porn kick. That's why this movie exists. Right. It doesn't exist because of the characters. It exists because of the 40 new Transformers that are in this movie. It is, you know, the namesake title, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. People are seeing it to see giant robots fight. So, again, it would be great to see someone bold enough to say, I'm going to make an almost silent film. It's like what we talked about. The ultimate Aliens versus Predator movie would right. have no humans in it. Right. It would just be like the Predator movie, except Arnold would just be an alien or there would be a bunch of them. It would just be you know, you know a big the, hunt. The thing hunt that's movie. so funny is we're talking about Aliens versus Predators as, as a – I know this is all fiction, but as a race, we're so extremely narcissistic that we have to put ourselves into that argument. You know what I mean? It's just like, look, they're going to be over here doing that. It's just fear. They could never, you know, you would have to hire some wacko person, to, they, would, they would think, to create something where you wouldn't have to have humans in it. Do you remember the other thing we talked about, the possibility? They worked 10 years on Dinosaur. This is a, this is a film that is so overlooked but had such incredible right. possibilities. I still have a very special place for Disney's Dinosaur film, if you remember that, because – uh, in the beginning, there was thought that this could be a film that would not have talking dinosaurs in it. Okay, that mm-hmm. was that was something that was discussed in the beginning, and it, I think it's a, a visual effects masterpiece. I mean, it's a completely animated film, but I think it's believable. Well, I don't think it's completely animated. I think they used a lot of live action footage um, in it, but it's an incredible work just visually for the eyes. But at, at in the beginning, there was discussion, hey, what if we made a film where we don't have to understand the, the language, you know? It's, there could be story here without it. I mean, didn't Jean-Jacques Nod prove it? He you did. Know? The bear is brilliant. I mean, it's, it, it's still amazing to relook at today because of the realness of it and the way, that, you know, the patience it took to make something like that. But although he had a subplot with two hunters – 
There was an, it's barely 10% of the movie. 90% of it no, is No, no, I'm not even talking about The Bear, which was fantastic. I'm talking about Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire, yeah. Well, there you go. That actually has, a, you know, again, but it has dialogue in, in terms of communication in their own languages. And it does follow a plot. I mean, the film has a plot. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm not talking about ma- not making a CGI movie without a plot. You can make a plot. Oh, completely. Silent movies proved you don't need a damn word for movies. 2012 is the destruction of the earth, and you could do it one of different ways. What I'm saying is you don't have to have a protagonist. You could do it as an opera. The whole thing should be done as an opera. Sure, but you don't have to have a protagonist. If you really think you have to get across things and you have to do the TV reports, well, then just put the fucking TV reports in. You know what I mean? And flash, 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 flash. Okay? Or just, like I said, put a title card there and then just do the music, you know? You know what the ultimate version of that movie would be? You do take a page out of Irwin Allen's book. You still do it as a silent movie, no dialogue, but you put like 50 movie stars in it. You know, Sam Jackson gets killed. Julia Roberts <laughs> killed. Everybody is just killed in the movie, but all these stars are in it, you know? You can see people, but they don't have speaking roles. They're not protagonists. Right. It's like it's like you can show things and okay, there's a star over there or something. Yeah. Yeah, you could absolutely do that. You could you it's like you have the possibility to do something here, but of course fear and and this isn't traditional. See, that's the thing is that you could you'll never get that kind of film except in the fan. You will get that kind of film if you could do it on a Cloverfield budget. Oh sure. Then you could do it. You couldn't get the money, like the money shots that Emmerich's getting, but you could take that concept and probably run with it and and make it successful. Because I do think again we're talking about CGI porn here. Absolutely. So there's an audience for it already. Sure. An opening weekend, you could do the trailer, and if you didn't tell anybody, you could fool everybody. <laughs> Just don't tell them it doesn't have any dialogue in it. Just make them show up that weekend and find out for themselves. But if the CGI is so good and the music is good and the effects are playing, I don't think people will care after a while. Occasional news breaks coming in, you know, like every 15 minutes that checks in. I just think people would be so riveted by the experience of it that it would it would be something they'd probably have to recommend to people. You can't tell me that you know a final shot that's like it just pulls back from Earth and then shows like a giant hunk of it just rip off or something, and and you know that it's just over, you know, and and slowly fades out into this this kind of you know uh, requiem type sadness you know this morose music you can't tell me there wouldn't be crying in the audience you know there'd be this big mess i remember seeing deep impact in the theater and seeing people emotionally shaken when it was over with you know in uh, afterwards i saw people holding their 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 child and and weeping because there were some emotional moments in that movie because it was the end uh, as far as these people were concerned, you know, and I think that's the that was one of the movies that got it the best of the current uh, swath of these disasters. Well, films. and that was also a movie that was sold on a CGI porn shot. It was sold on a wave. That oh, wave yeah. and oh, that sure. trailer sold that movie. Oh sure, because it was still at a t- time when a big special effects shot in Twister or the big shot in in this movie Deep Impact. I mean. That brought in the audience because that was the double asteroid summer, 98. No doubt it was sold as as a CGI porn movie. But you know what? 
it wasn't a Roland Emmerich movie in that, you know. No, no, they did. They went the plot. They went the characters. They did take the time. And they were going on more of a spiritual. I mean, they brought in Michael Tolkien, who wrote The Rapture. So, I mean, I think it was working on other levels as well, or at least trying to within the commercial boundaries that you can do with that kind of movie. And and I, I love a good disaster movie. Don't get me wrong. I love The Poseidon Adventure. Okay, I I love Deep Impact. I own Deep Deep Impact. I don't care. I like the damn cheesy one that goes underneath the earth uh, that came out. The 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 uh, the, core. the core. Okay, I like yeah. it. I don't care. I like it. And if it's good, I like it. But what did they take out in that? Wasn't it like the Golden Gate Bridge or something? Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, you didn't have to do that, did you? You didn't have to be cliche and do another. Yeah. But, you know, there's always fear of that. You know, no one will understand the destruction unless they see something they know destroyed, right? So um, It sold movies. At the moment Independence Day blew up the White House, it was all over with. I mean, go back to Roland Emmerich. Hi, I'm Roland Emmerich. A great showmanship. I mean, P.T. Barnum couldn't have sold anything better than blowing up the White House spectacularly and those big ships hovering over all the cities. Sure. That was all anybody needed to know that they were going to go see that movie. Sure. Plus, we were hungry for science fiction because Star Wars had been off the screens for so long and really nothing had f- kind of filled that gap. I mean, I know Stargate tried to, no. but it was really Independence Day that stepped up and just it became the mega blockbuster. You know I mean, I know you loved it when it came out. I loved and it. And you've had your reconciliation with the movie since then, <laughs> but it still delivers on your fireworks philosophy. As a movie. Hey, some of it's still absolutely fantastic. And isn't it funny that the way that Emmerich says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, remember that one? And this new trailer for 2012, remember how I destroyed the White House before? Well, guess what? I'm going to run it over with an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and not just any aircraft carrier, the John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Roland Emmerich. Oh, my God. God, I mean, when you see that, this is like cha-ching. You can just hear it going off millions of times across the earth. Do you know how much money that movie is going to make? Well, I mean, I think Emmerich, again, is a showman. He he knows what works. I mean, you should probably tell the story of of how the first special effects shot and why we got a teaser trailer a year ago and how all that came to be uh. and how that influenced the thinking <laughs> of the disaster in this movie because it really ties into the whole CGI porn of what fuck scene can we do now? We can do anything, so what can we come up with? Let me give you this story real quick, and I'm not going to give out any names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I just want to tell you this, and this is this is what I heard from someone who works in the FX industry prominently okay is that that scene that you saw in the teaser trailer for uh 2012 where the water comes up over the himalayas was originally shot as a test a water test okay and somehow roland emmerich saw it loved it and said i'm buying that for 2012 so and then he of course shot the the monk in the the tibetan monastery and uh, then it was that, you know, the water was coming up over the Himalayas and about to, dis- you know, and to destroy the monastery. And so what it was was this test effects footage helped write the script. So it's like you're a visual effects test shot 
which he stole and bought, and that's why you got a finished shot that early on for a teaser, was because it was already done, <laughs> basically. That's influencing the script. So again, we're back to the point. <laughs> we don't need a script. It's so strange to hear us talking about this, you know. <laughs> Guys that do nothing but rail against the stupidity of most of the attempts at scripts in movies. Right. But there just comes a point to where I just think you have to acknowledge, you know, the genre that you're making and, you know, the type of movie you're making and, and really what it's all about. And, you know, again, these are radical ideas and they're kind of interesting. And I think the fan edit culture certainly encourages this kind of thing, because I wouldn't be surprised if somebody couldn't fan edit that 2012 themselves one day. Right. And I know there's Transformers fan edits out there that just strip out everything except, you know, the bare essentials of, of what they find interesting. Right. Yeah. And that's obviously it's like if there's enough raw material in this thing, of course, they'll steal it from all of Roland Emmerich's other films as well and make the big giant Roland Emmerich disaster uh, oh, completely. And heck, why not just borrow, you know, the Eiffel Tower shot and the Golden Gate Bridge shot and all from all those disaster wannabes, you know, <laughs> just cram them all in. You can just destroy <laughs> the world. Just just like blam and and do the title card of the beginning. Heck, yeah, that's that's a fan edit I'd like to do. So, uh because yeah. really, your your title cards in between, it could just be different news breaks in different right. languages and so forth. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just keeps cutting to it. And then you get another 25-minute segment. And then you come back to something else. I mean, it would be a very brave film. Risky for a big $200 million project. But really, is it that risky? I mean, no. really? No. Would it be? I don't think so. Because I think the way the audiences are so juiced to watching movies today, I don't think they would care. I, I think, if anything, it might help box office in some ways. Because um, word of mouth would get out about how different it is in that kind of sense. So I don't know if I buy into that kind of same argument. I mean, let's face it. Hollywood has trained its audience. Okay? They're trained to go to the movies now. They're trained to lap up the worst possible CGI excursions that they can possibly put out and right. it works right. time and time and time again i think there's a lot of room for that kind of experimentation because if anything you're still going to get the the regular crowd that went to go see it for those kind of thrills anyway uh, a shorter running time probably wouldn't kill the movie either and you might get in you know people that normally wouldn't go for a movie like that well and i just think that once the bars are off and in, in anything is a possibility anymore because it's like, you know, you go into these films saying there's rules. You know, when you're making a Hollywood blockbuster, there's particular rules that you cannot cross over. And that always prevents you from really doing what you want to do. You know, it's like, well, we have to have certain semblance of this so that it, so we don't offend this, you know, this person or that person or or that uh you know, it's it's just norm, you know. But I mean, really, like you said, I think that if I think Roland Emmerich is a visual stylist enough, and he can he can create scope and size that you could make a tome to the earth, you know, a headstone movie to the earth. That oh, can, you know, it's a Katsi movie, you know, like Godfrey Reggio's uh, series. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You just say, okay, this is what happened to the Earth. Let's just pretend for a second. This little film was shot from... <laughs> okay, let's go Blair Witch on it. <laughs> this oh, footage... footage, right? This, yeah, yeah, this footage was found on, on the satellites going around Earth, okay? And uh, whatever presence 
has found this, you know, the people who escaped or whatever, uh, you know, or if that was even a possibility, found the footage and was able to make something out of it or whatever. This is what happened to the Earth. And, and it'll be footage, you know, they'll be showing it in the far future, you know, on another planet. I don't know, whatever the hell. Whatever your, your frame of reference is around this thing, you know, if it's a science fiction movie. But, I think uh, it should be the two aliens from The Simpsons. No, Shazbutt. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but uh, it, it just, you could find a way to make this thing interesting. You could find a way, and you could say something with it. You could say something about the fragility of, of Earth and of life. And at the same time, you could tap that ass. That CGI ass. <laughs> no, no Megan Fox in this. <laughs> I don't know. It's silly talking this way because that will never happen. Hollywood never Hollywood never does the cool things. They just do the safe things. You have to remember, yeah. you know, they're the only ones who'll ever have two hundred million dollars to sink into a massive behemoth ridiculous movie like what twenty twelve is gonna be, but they'll never do it right. Here's $200 million. Make something cool. It's like if, if they said, okay, who are we going to get to build our building? Let's pick the dumbest fucking architect that we've ever met in our lives and let him build it. You know? And then years later when it's falling down and people are falling out of the sky and, and shit, they'll be like, God, should we have given $200 million or a half a billion dollars to this person to build this building? No. Sure look pretty, though. Looked real pretty. <laughs> he talked us into it. He convinced us that he could do neato things with it. Oh, and it looks great. And when you're done with it, you're, all your floors cave in and everyone falls to the ground and dies. Hello? That's what you're doing, Hollywood. That's what – isn't that what uh, Quantum of Solace was that we just talked about? It's like, well, this guy's done some other good buildings. Yeah, but he hasn't done this kind of building. Give him $200 million. They just don't know. You can sweet talk your way. McGee proved it. You know, Brett Ratner proves it consistently. You can just sweet talk your way into giving them, giving you so much money and you still make a stupid moronic head slap movie. How is that possible when other people <laughs> can make it for next to nothing? No, I'm sorry, Danny Boyle. You only get $10 million for or however much they spent on Slumdog Millionaire. How much did Danny Boyle spend to go to the sun? And it's way better than all these movies, you know? Yeah. And he took us to the sun, and it was believable, and it was interesting, and it was, you know, come on. Did it have giant robots fighting in it? <laughs> no, on the sun. Then I'm not interested. That's Forget where Michael it. Bay not wants flop. to go. Flop. Michael Bay's like this. I won't stop until I have robots fighting on the sun. Well, they got to fight on the moon next, right? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, that's where so they're going to go. you can have a kid sitting in his backyard and he looks at his telescope and he can see him like fighting <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> and then he can like, you know, somehow put like a bullet in the moon. He can do that, you know, cheesy face from the, <laughs> the early silent movie. You know, Michael Bay loves his gags. <laughs> and they can break off a giant chunk of the moon and it can fall to Earth and there can be massive destruction. Nice, nice. Oh, but yes... They have to fight on the sun. <sighs> well, they're going to get that CGI machine ramped up again. They want a sequel out by 2011, so. Wow. Hey, man, just uh, load them up, folks. Load them up, folks. Hollywood will always give you just enough 
in the trailer to make you get there. There's a much longer discussion when I don't have to rant like an idiot that we could have on this whole topic, on special effects, on what Hollywood's doing. I, I'm fascinated by the topic. I think it's uh, it's so pervasive right now in filmmaking, you know, that there are no adult films uh, to be had anymore, that it's all just CGI fest and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, we're always impressed by the work that we're seeing. And, and there's, there's, you know, usually very rarely um, in these big box office films, do you, you know, are you saying, boy, that looks like crap. It just, it usually doesn't, you know? And so we're amazed at this and people are working their tails off, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Um, but at the same time, a lot of it's just being, you know, wasted into just, you know, head slap movies. So it, we're in a weird place right now. And uh, really, I, I don't know what's going to go unless they just keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it because people are paying to see it. But, uh, you know, I just think get rid of the talky parts. You know, this is fast forward the talky parts on some of these things, especially when it comes to destroying the earth. This one better be the most pinnacle, ridiculous destruction of the earth that there has ever been. You know, this one should be it. Well, it's based on the most ridiculous premise about the destruction of Earth ever anyway, so <laughs> yeah. it's a perfect visual accompaniment to its concept. <laughs> I know. It's just no reason. It's just because of the date. It's December 21st. Everything just breaks up for no reason. <laughs> because the Mayans said so. Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah, you got some explaining to do, Roland. Hi, I'm Roland Emmerich. You're listening to the Hollywood Saloon.